0: Episode 302, October the 12th, 2017.
1: You're listening to a 4x4 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready?
0: It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back wrap
2: in and brace
3: yourself. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Shopping online for that special someone, maybe your Jeep is ready for a little something new. Whatever the reason, be sure to go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first. A small fraction of your purchases will go towards supporting the Jeep Talk Show. Be sure to tell your friends and let everyone get everyone on board. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. Well, they're calling it a hurricane, and you PR nuts that are offended can suck a tailpipe. <laughs> the new Hurricane four-cylinder is named after both a fighter plane and a long-gone four-cylinder Jeep engine. For you old-timers out there, that name's going to ring a bell. The old Hurricane is known as the otherwise known as the F-Head 134 inline-four, and it was the standard engine on the CJ-5 and CJ-6 from their introduction until 1971. It was also the only engine ever used in the CJ-3B. The engine also saw action starting in the middle of 1950 in Willys' wagons and Willys' pickups. It's also used in those funky FC or forward cab trucks. And, oh, let me set the record straight here once and for all. The F represents the valve configuration where one set of valves is in the head and one is in the block. The F and the F head never stood for flat, (laughs) nor does it stand for Ford. But enough of the history lesson. Sources originally reported that the goal for the new hurricane engines is for one to reach roughly around 250 horsepower or so and for another version to beat the 300 mark. As of this week, they may or may not have met that goal. FCA filed papers with the federal government earlier this month that show a stunning 368 horsepower output. However, FCA just this week rescinded that figure in the information it filed with the NHTSA. The engine's horsepower is now merely listed as NR. Or not rated in the refiled version of that same paperwork that means the wrangler will likely keep the v6 as its base engine but let buyers choose a thrifty torquey diesel option or what is looking like a potentially wicked fast four-cylinder turbo talk about a hard choice the new hurricane engine is part of the gme or global medium engine family you know guys know that jeep is trying to take over the world and they're going to do it one engine at a time Alfa Romeo's version is already out. That one produces 276 horsepower using multi-air and two turbos. It has a flat torque curve of 295 foot-pounds of torque between 2,250 and 4,500 RPM. If the report is both true and accurate, which looks like it has the potential to be, then the Jeep Wrangler's 368 horsepower will easily outdo Alfa Romeo's version, showing, if nothing else, that engineering teams aren't being that constrained by marketing concerns. (laughs) Ha! Take that, tree-huggers! Oh, and now that FCA has both Tiger Shark and Hurricane engines, how long do you guys think it'll be before we start seeing Sharknado engines?
4: Anyone? I don't think so.
3: FCA CEO Sergio Marchion is due to retire in April 2019 and would like to set the company on a course that resolves the future of ownership of the company before he goes. Well, we all know that over the last several months, Marcion has not been coy about his desire to sell the company or substantially align it with another automaker. Sergio has said on many occasions that the cost of electric and emissions technologies that will likely be required to meet growing EPA standards going forward requires that the company need to have a partnership and a greater scale across which to spread the costs or losses, probably. The American icon Jeep, along with the Ram pickup brand, continues to prop up what is pretty much left of the old Chrysler Corporation. Chrysler and Dodge brands in the U.S. are mere baggage at this point, and FCA's U.S. adventure with selling Fiat cars has not gone too well. China's Great Wall Motor Company, which we've reported on a few times, has made several very public bids to FCA to acquire the company, and the company especially wants its hands on the Jeep brand. Marchionne says that he was dubious about a marriage with the Great Wall, with Great Wall they would achieve it wouldn't achieve his strategic goals. He noted that there are several sensitive issues with transnational mergers. From that, we can glean that he and the company would be utterly eviscerated in a mass public shaming, oh, by, I don't know, let's say the current president, virtually every media and press outlet, not to mention every single Jeep fan, owner, and off-road loyalist for selling a celebrated American icon to China. Yeah, that would be a bad move. Nah, boo. Well, big thanks to all of you guys out there who continue to help us out by submitting stories for this week in Jeep. If you guys have something you think we should be reporting on or you have a response to any one of our stories, by all means, send us an email. Let us know by shooting an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. All
0: right. Now, I got to take issue. Uh, you kind of addressed this already, uh, Josh. I think you were thinking ahead to uh, something I was going to say uh, after yeah. afterwards. But uh, many, uh, in a, perhaps a bygone era, era, era the the majority of uh, engineers were men so if you call something an f head you're not you're not really I mean, come on. Yeah,
3: there, no, there's a four-letter word that's not Ford uh, that could easily be submitted in there. Yeah, and it uh, very well could have been uh, where where the F-head came out. You know, the engineer was just an absolute royal F-head. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> no, I don't I don't know much about the engineer behind that. Um, uh, he's probably long and gone. But uh, but aside from that, it was a popular engine, obviously, in the early days of of, of Willys, at least uh, uh, as far as you know Jeep's uh, history goes. But uh, bringing back the Hurricane name badge is sort of cool. par for the course as far as what FCA has been doing pretty much through this whole redesign uh, since the merger. Uh, but now that that is potentially coming to an end in the near future, at least maybe in the next couple of years, we may find out uh, what's going to happen with the future of Jeep. Is there going to be a spinoff? Will Jeep and and, and Ram go off on their own will there be a merger with an overseas company a lot of things are in the wind right now so you guys keep it right here and y'all I'll let you know of all the latest
0: well if we see a an advertisement with a little red renegade driving uh, on the wall of china i would say that Jeez. would be a definite sign <laughs> dead giveaway <laughs> <laughs> that would be a definite sign <laughs> and i'm moving to canada <laughs> yes exactly
3: Thanks <laughs> exactly. <me> with you <laughs> Well, hey, guys, coming up here in just a little bit, Tammy's got the Jeep smile, and trust me, there's no dentist that can fix this. And, hey, guys, next week, we've got the Iron Man himself, Iron Man Andy from IronMan4x4Fab.com will be joining us for a little bit of an interview.
0: Can't oh, wait. Andy's been doing some designing, and he's got some wonderful things to see uh, and tell us about. I guess you can actually see them now over on the uh, – uh, <laughs> I'm freaking out, man – uh, the Ironman 4 by4 fab.com site or the uh, facebook.com slash ironman 4 by4 fab uh, page and uh, I'm mainly talking about the the wonderful four link uh, what do you call what do you call that thing Josh I think it goes in the center uh I think well,
3: he, I think they're they're labeling it as a cross member some people call them center section but center that's section. more for uh, that's more kind of for for drop-in axles you know that type of stuff but but yeah it's it's basically the cross member of which the, the long control arms would attach to.
0: You know, they put up some pictures tonight. Uh, they're actually working on uh, p- putting this thing on an XJ, and uh, it's uh, unfortunately ca- uh, a powder-coated uh, blue uh, Iron Man board. Uh, unfortunately, man
3: that stuff is sexy. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He does some It's amazing. not red. I it's, wish his it's stuff not red. all his stuff was powder-coated that, that bright blue. I it think just, you're, is, can, it, you're limiting it, it yourself, pops. Tony. I
0: think you can get it that way. Well, Tammy, once you have the greatest, there's no reason to go something oh. else. Uh, But anyway, if you you, you see that stuff, the pictures they put up tonight over on Facebook, oh my God, it looks like the underbelly of an M1 Abrams tank. It is just beautiful stuff. Oh my
3: goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I popped
0: over there right now. I'm I'm, I'm going to
3: have to wipe my microphone here. I'm drooling on some of this stuff. That looks great, guys. beautiful.
0: Oh, he does great work. And he's only 13 years old. <laughs> no, he is very young especially to be, be this successful but boy he builds great stuff I've got a combination of uh, uh, detours of, uh, on, on my, uh, my jeep and uh, Iron Man Andy's stuff alright well you know we uh, we love hearing from our contributors and we're hearing tonight from Nate and Wrangler Extreme jeeping with kids and this is kids that you have not cruising the neighborhood and picking yeah, them up yeah <laughs>
1: No, no, no. (laughs) Let's hope not. (laughs) Hey, folks, it's Nate with another edition of Wrangler Extreme. Tonight, I'm going to start my little series about jeeping with kids. I hope you guys enjoy it. If you're a new parent and you have a jeep and you're wondering when you might be able to start taking your kids out or how you might do it safely, then this series is for you. If you're not, maybe you're planning on having kids eventually, and uh, this might be good information to hang on to later. If you don't have kids, or your kids have already grown up and moved out, or if you never intend to have children, then, uh, sorry, you might not get a whole lot out of these, but uh, I'll try to be short. So I want to start this intro out with a little bit of a disclaimer. Where kids are involved, I always want to cover my bases, so here you go. I'm a dad, not a doctor. Kids are very precious cargo. Every kid is different. Every parent is different. If you have questions about if your kid can safely hit the trails you should ask your pediatrician. If you feel like your kid isn't ready, or if your significant other thinks your kid isn't ready, you need to settle that before you hit the trails. Like I said before, kids are irreplaceable. Having fun with your kids should never put them in danger. With that out of the way, here are some of the things that I've learned through research and experience when it comes to wheeling with my own kids and they're topics that I'm going to try to cover over the next couple of weeks, because there's just too much info to hit in or to fit into one segment. First, I'm going to try to hit some safety myths. In my research, I've found a number of myths regarding how safe it is to take your kids out on the trail, um, and I'm going to try to hit on some of them. I'm going to talk about restraints and safety, things like car seats, harnesses, uh, special seats, you know, whatever. Uh, what ages you might be able to move your kid into various uh, restraint systems. I'm going to talk a little bit about exposure to the elements. Kids uh, have a different threshold for this sort of thing than adults do, so you need to keep that in mind. Also hydration, that sort of goes along with exposure to the elements. And uh, preparedness. If you've got your kids out on the trail, you may have to pack different things in case of an an emergency than you would if it was just you or you and another grown-up. So to start things off, I'm going to cover a little bit about when to start taking your kids out in the woods. Now. The jeeping community is an awesome place, I feel, to bring your kids, because they're going to learn good, they're going to learn values from others, they're going to learn how to work well with others, and uh, plan out, they're just going to have fun, and that's a good thing. Uh, Personally, I start taking my kids, which, by the way, my kids are seven and three. Our youngest just started hitting the trails with us this year. The cutoff that I have for when I start taking kids wheeling with me is when they're potty trained. It's not because I feel like diapers shouldn't be on the trail. I just feel like by the time a kid's potty trained, their body is developed enough that they have uh, enough control of themselves, that is muscular-wise, you know, that uh, that they're not going to be hurt just, be- just by being in the back of a Jeep. Now, that's not to say that they shouldn't be in a car seat at that point for uh, whether your kid should be in a car seat or a booster seat or whatever – uh, there's actually, you know, laws in place that determine when your kid should be moving from various uh, various seats to the next. So uh, keep that stuff in mind. I found that uh, that my rule of thumb potty training has worked out pretty well. Our our older daughter, who started wheeling with us literally the summer after she was potty trained, has been having a blast with us. Uh, she started out in her car seat. And then she moved up to a booster seat, and uh, now she's in a booster seat with a four-point harness. And I'll talk a little bit more about that when I talk about restraint systems. So uh, there's a little teaser for you. I don't want to go too long on this, and uh, there's plenty of other things to to cover, and I'll hit them up in the next episodes. So for tonight, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. So
0: I got to admit, when he, he said restraint, I was thinking parental rest- restraint. <laughs>
4: well you need that too
0: i figured it was gonna be no we're not there yet <laughs> and just shut up we'll go home when we go home
4: <laughs> quit pestering your brother <laughs> leave him alone i'm not touching her
0: <laughs> i'm getting really I'm close you. but i'm not I'm touching, touching her <laughs> no it's great it's a great idea because you know you need some uh some <laughs> if you're like me you need to make your own friends and uh teach them what you like to do so that you can have people to do things with <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> my girls have actually you know i, I haven't been off road that many times but my girls have already gone with me uh twice i think i've only been like four times uh since i've modified the jeep and i think uh my girls have been with me every time so uh, they thought it was great. Now my wife won't oh, go. Yeah. She doesn't think that uh, vehicles should be at those angles.
3: Uh, the uh-huh. the whole off camber fear thing. Yeah, you know, I've got a, I've got a buddy whose whose wife is exactly the same way. But she kind of likes it, you know. She, it scares her to death, but at the end of the day, she has fun. She had fun, and I think just being with the family, yeah. you know, is is really what it's all about. More for her than the than the thrill or the fear, or, you know, any of that sort of stuff. I mean, I've wheeled with with you know groups and stuff. I, I've seen these kids come up from the point where their are car seats, you know, to they're they're already talking about you know getting their own Jeep type of stuff. And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, you were just you know knee high to a grasshopper. I swear the last trail ride, and you know, here you are, and you're almost ready to grab the wheel. <laughs> so you know, watching these kids come up in Jeep families is is absolutely amazing. And and everything that Nate said, I I couldn't agree with more. And Nate, good job on the little disclaimer uh, on the on the front end of that. Re- really good advice. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You are indeed, you lucky listener, you. And the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. What is the 4x4 Radio Network, you ask? Well, it is your one-stop shop. It's, well, not shop. Everything is free, really. It's a website where you guys can get all of the off-road related podcasts out there. Under one umbrella, 4x4radionetwork.com. You can learn more about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, Trail Traces podcast. And of course, the Jeep Talk Show is there too.
0: You can shop for free stuff. I think that's uh, probably right. the, the most uh, bang for your buck or not buck for, you know, wow, free. What, what more can you ask for?
5: Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up.
3: You don't show. Nah, shut
5: up, Shane. Hey. <laughs> shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G
4: Mama. So I have a little challenge here for everyone, so you're just going to have to listen till the end, and I'll let you know what it is. Um, Last week, I shared about my cool new steering upgrades with the Yeti Extreme Tyron and Drag Link from SteerSmarts. And after the install, it was recommended by SteerSmarts for me to get a professional front-end alignment. Not just me, but anyone who gets their parts, they recommend this. Anyway, you want to do this to ensure that all four tires are consistent with each other to optimize maximum contact with the surface of the road. And this will also prevent uneven wear to your tires. And if you get uneven wear to your tires, you can get new tires with TreadRite tires. Um, Anyway, so that is just what I did. Once the alignment is done, they give you a before and after printout. And sometimes you'll need to ask for this because they might not always give it to you. And they tested three main items for me, the camber, the caster, and the toe. Two of these items were a little off. One of them they could fix in the shop with a little adjusting by the mechanic. And the other was my camber. And it's off by just less than a degree, which it's okay for now. But down the road, I will most likely have to make some upgrades to my axle. What most likely is happening is the axle housing is bent or my inner C's are bent. We're just not really sure. It's not worth it for me to go in and and fix that right now. Um, It could be from my bigger tires and maybe from the wheeling I do. Um, But remember, this negative number is not that bad yet. Okay, so the point of Wrangler Talk tonight. There have been quite a few people making comments on my social media about do-it-yourself front-end alignments. And I also had a question about how can you tell if if you are starting to get that Jeep smile without having to go to that $40,000 front end alignment machine. I know folks like Dan Grek, who is out in Africa right now, he's on a budget, he's out in the wilderness. I'm sure he doesn't run into too many Goodyear tire shops. Um, so how would somebody like that go about finding out if they need to align their, their front end? I know a couple of people our listeners like Nate and CPO, They've made little comments about you can do it yourself. So what I'm doing is I'm asking all you guys out there listening to call in and leave a voicemail. Have, do you do your own front end alignment? How do you do it? And have you had the Jeep smile? So you can call in um, at our voicemail. It's 530-675-4102. Now, I know Josh has lots of great information in his noggin, so maybe the next couple of shows, wink, wink, Josh can share with us some of his tips for front-end alignments. Anyway, don't forget, give us a voicemail, 530-675-4102.
1: And coming yeah, up uh, later,
4: oh, go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to tell us, coming up later in the show, now you, go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to say, you know, I've I've uh, done several, uh, let's call them backyard or garage uh, alignments before, you know, front, front ends of Jeeps. Done a lot of lift installs, done a lot of, you know, steering linkage upgrades and stuff like that over the years. And anytime you do something like that, you swap out a control arm, you swap out a tie rod, uh, you lift your Jeep, you know, you're going to have to go through the alignment. Any change to the steering or the suspension is going to change how those wheels are pointing and, and, you know, how they're acting on that axle. And there's certain considerations that, that need to be, you know, followed and, and certain things that need to be taken in uh, that you need to do. Um, garage alignments are okay. They'll get you close, but nothing will, will beat a laser, you know, laser aligned, you know, full on shop done alignment. It'll get you to the shop. It'll get you down the road. It'll probably get you through the week. But, you know, you're, you're going off of, you know, rulers, not lasers. You're going off of a tape measure not optics here. So there's definitely you know, something to be desired when it comes to accuracy when doing your own alignment. So I just want to throw that out there before we, uh, we, before we get too deep with, with uh, future Tech Talk stuff. So
0: I'll, I'll just throw this in here. And you know how I am. I'm not, uh, I'm not all touchy-feely and tree-huggy, uh, no offense, Josh, uh, about things. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I think that whenever you have a, a front axle, solid front axle, and you can't adjust uh, what is it camber that's the, the thing you can't just adjust on yeah. the other uh, front axle, right? Uh, you, you know there's there's only <laughs> there's only really one thing that you can do, and that's toe. I mean, I guess there is a bit of uh, the rotation, the caster. yeah, the, yeah. You, the caster. But generally speaking, unless you're uh, changing out uh, the uh, the upper or lower uh, control arms or adjusting them. Uh, and even that the, you know, you can do the adjustment and put a, uh, put a, uh, what do you call the thing? Not a level. Um, the thing that has the degrees on it to see what kind of an uh, angle,
3: angle indicator.
0: Yeah. So you get your pinion angle, you know, for, I don't know how much you spent Tammy, but for uh, 90 bucks, I think they're just trying to make the money back on that $40,000 machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I need to get answered is exactly where do I do the measurement for the toe? Because if it's in closer to the axle, then it's a different measurement than it's out. You know, if it's an eighth inch, if it's supposed to be eighth inch toe in, well, what eighth eighth inch are we talking about? So uh, I I need to get a definite answer on that. But uh, I did a a garage uh, alignment on mine, and I ran a very long time with it, and I did not have any irregular tire wear. It was just fine. Uh, did I get lucky? Uh, p- perhaps, but I did the eighth inch thing. So I'll just tell you. That-
4: <laughs> well, I will, I will say when I was at, um, when they put my steering stuff on, Jeff and Mike, they measured and did all this stuff mm-hmm. and yeah. turned and tweaked and did everything and, you know, gotten the steering wheel and did all that stuff. And Jeff's like, I think we're pretty close. And they were pretty close, but it wasn't perfect. Yeah, but and like but Josh said, the lasers. Yeah, but there's you know.
0: tire wear. There's parts that uh, they change as you wear, uh, and you know I think it's kind of like the thing what they do on television where they say, "Kids, don't try this at home." I think that the the standard thing about getting the professional alignment is just that. You know, I I don't have the the equipment to make sure it's perfect. So the the catch-all phrase is, "Go get it done by a professional." Uh, I, I right. just I think that you can do just fine with a daily driver, but doing your own alignments. Uh, but uh, that's my personal opinion, and uh, you should go get a professional alignment done. <laughs>
4: yeah, I'm glad I did, because now I am aware of the Jeep smile, and I was shown what to look for, and... Well yeah, you know, going
3: I, it, going to the shops like that, Tammy, it kinda gives you gives you, you know, under under better understanding of terminology and jargon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What causes what, what this is, what affects this and that and the other thing, you know, and a lot of that stuff may be over, you know, a lot of people's heads and whatnot, but just getting exposure to that, being able to ask yeah. some questions, getting getting you know a little bit of education you know from the text there and stuff if they're willing to you know right. you know provide that sort of stuff. Lucky you, know, luckily for you, Tammy, you had some really great guys there that uh, were able to you know help you out and and were able to you know share some of that information and what I know some shops don't like to do that you know they consider the customers customers and the more right. you know naive they are the better oh yeah um, and and so you know definitely better for their bottom line anyway so. Um, but other shops will definitely want to educate you because a better educated customer is a better educated person on the road. And, and that just goes a long ways.
0: Oh, and I do recall now why I don't like the alignment. I did that alignment myself and then I, I finally got down six months or whatever later uh, and had the alignment done. Probably something else happened. New tires uh, is probably what I did. And I figured new tires, I don't want to run the risk of uh, these wearing incorrectly Went and headed the line. I think he did a quarter turn on the, the tie rod. That was it. And I'm <laughs> thinking thought, to myself, I
3: thought it was, <laughs> thought it was the, uh, the the uh, shop supplies charge that they that they nailed you for. Oh, away, I uh, forgot about that. that. that left the, the bitter taste See, in your mouth. That was I was getting <laughs> oh, geez, wound up. There go.
4: I was getting wound now up on that really ninety up.
0: bucks for the for the, the quarter turn. Well, you don't
4: want to know how much mine was then.
0: Oh, geez, that it's just they, they to me. Get it's just a
4: racket.
0: Uh, they do it because people are ignorant about what is going on, and, and that's one of the things we like doing here: is 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 telling you guys how you can do these things yourself, uh, mm. and then we and then we cover our asses by saying, "But get it professionally." But taken don't care do of. it yourself. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we hey, we both. also know that we've got a, a wide variety of of people that are listening to the show: people who don't know the difference between a crescent wrench and a yeah, uh, and true. a locking wrench, you know, and
0: and then those who well,
4: those are you know master wrenches. fabricators. So. Yeah, that's true. Those Henway wrenches, man.
0: <laughs> She's gonna nail somebody with a Henway joke. Oh, I just know it.
4: Coming up later in the show, Halloween is just around the corner, and Josh is gonna share his knowledge on pumpkins.
0: You, you know, you know, the Indians used to—they uh, used to say that uh, if you feared uh, feared somebody, you would kill them and eat them, and then you would uh, be be rid of that fear. You're gonna do the same thing with the Henway joke. You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be your way of passing off that Jinwei shame to somebody else. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, hey guys, uh those
3: that's a little bit of inside baseball. You're gonna have to go back and oh, listen yeah. to some uh, prior uh, <laughs> prior uh episodes to uh to, to get in add, on that. Like but, 189 uh, you guys, or something. Yeah, something like that. If you guys are looking for a source of Jeep info, uh you looking for that tech, you're looking for the how-tos and a gathering of fellow like-minded jeepers, that sort of stuff, then head over to our forum. JeepTalkForum.com Once there, you can engage with other Jeepers. You can ask questions, get answers to your build questions. Check out Show and & Shine and off-road pics, videos, that sort of stuff. Read about events that are coming up, modifications, and even find a selection of written transcripts from segments right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And if you're worried about how you're going to be treated, worried about maybe somebody, you know, uh, kind of doing one of those keyboard bully actions, nah, don't worry. No flaming, no making fun, of course. No such thing as a stupid question. Whether you're brand new to the Jeep world or you're on your seventh Jeep. There's something for every Jeeper at JeepTalkForum.com.
0: So I gotta admit, I've been a little bit of a, a sleep at the wheel here, but I just ha- I just happened to find the uh, the number of downloads. We're at, I'm sorry, downloads, reviews. I'm just too excited. I was gonna say, don't confuse those numbers. <laughs> I know. The reviews, the iTunes reviews, I was really looking forward to mentioning when we got to 100 reviews on iTunes. Well, I just happened to look at it tonight, and we're at 100 reviews. And do you know we have an average of five stars out of uh, 100 not every, reviews? Not every
3: podcast can say that.
0: No, no. I mean, But it is a, 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 up to 10 stars, so we're doing about 50%. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's not true.
3: <laughs> well, you guys know that. We we have a really good rating. We got a great reputation. And a lot of it's from uh, taking re- taking good heed to our constructive criticism. Yeah. We have read every single review we have ever gotten word for word right here live on the show. And, and that's never going to change. Regardless of, you know, format changes and, and segment changes and stuff like that, the reviews always get read as they are written on the air. And so that – if you guys have something to take us to task on – we've gone ahead and aired it and uh, and we've you know taken it seriously and it shows in our reviews an average of five stars and that's not going away anytime soon so if you guys uh, would like to give us a five star review as well please go check us out on iTunes and and by all means leave a comment there as well and we'd be happy to read it on the show B101. Well, we also got uh, 56 reviews on Facebook. Those those numbers are climbing uh, weekly, in fact. And we got an average of 4.99 stars there (laughs) on Facebook as well, guys. And uh, I guess if YouTube was able to give us a a a star rating, uh, we'd probably be uh, near that as well. And speaking of YouTube, guys, we got a uh, a review, uh, a message, really. And you guys can leave a message on any one of our uh, Jeep Talk Show videos. Uh, we'll go ahead and, get, and see that, that you guys have commented on that, and uh, we'll, of course, read those comments here on the air as well. We got one uh, here last week, uh, well, just three days ago, in fact, uh, uh, from Overclocked. Uh, Overclocked Jeep says, I liked the, t- t- the talk on tech at the end. A lot of tease there. Uh, <laughs> Tony, I considered very heavily the Raspberry Pi solution you mentioned. I even almost bought one, and I came across this Android head unit and never looked back. I like to tinker, and this scratches that itch. You could also integrate it with whatever you can connect to via USB pretty measly. Pretty my lockers and air compressor are software switches on my Superchips TD2, by the way, but I'd totally rig something up with relays in a Raspberry Pi or Arduino if that wasn't the case. And he's actually gave us a, a link to a video um, where uh, he's got the head unit in uh, in from uh, well one of his uh, re- recent wheeling adventures. Uh, and uh, it was showing off the, some of the cameras and stuff like that as well. So very well set up uh, Jeep over there with overclocked.
0: You know, that head unit, the Android head unit was over $400. Yeah, no, those, those are the ones that you
3: can integrate video and stuff into. Those are a little yeah. spendy, but man, are they cool.
0: So, uh, but then I looked at the name and it was a head unit. So I figured $400 was worth it, right? Yep, yep. So uh, the, uh, I, th- this got me thinking uh, about the, the Raspberry Pi because I've got uh, the Raspberry oh, no, Pi go again. in my, in my <laughs> Jeep with a little 7-inch touchscreen. <laughs> uh, and actually, uh, Route 16 uh, reached out and sent us something. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. It may have just been to me. Uh, and uh, there was a $750 unit that he has in his uh, Jeep JK oh, wow. or JKU uh, that has the software switches. So uh, (laughs) I thought, no, the Raspberry Pi has to be able to do this. So I spent about mm, maybe an hour looking at uh, Python. It's a a language that's a free uh, software language that's available uh, in Linux. And uh, I looked at Python and T-K-I-N-I-G-E-N, I think is what it is. Basically, it's a graphics library that you can use to draw buttons, GUI buttons on your screen. Oh, interesting. And you can click them. And uh using the GPIO uh pins on the Raspberry Pi, when you press the button, you can toggle the GPIO output which goes to a relay which goes to whatever you want to hook it to. So I am now What kind of voltage does that bus carry? Uh, it's about um, it's uh, five. It's either three point three or five volts going to the relays because you can actually buy relays that are designed for the Arduino or the Raspberry Pi, and the the relays themselves will uh, hold, uh handle up to ten amps whether it's 250 volts or all oh, the way down to good. like 10 I, I was going to say, because
3: there's a, a lot of relays. I mean, it's basically uh, guys out there. We, we've done segments on relays before in the past. And just very quickly, relays are, are basically just a small uh, electromagnetic switch uh, that can take the load of higher voltage and higher amperage loads, uh, such as running auxiliary lights and and, and stuff like that. Uh, being able to toggle those, those little micro switches, uh, those relays, um, they take very, very little voltage. But like Tony was saying, they can carry a much larger load, uh, like what you'd see with auxiliary auxiliary lighting. So, really cool. I'm, I'm curious to see what you end up creating with this, Tony, especially your own custom-made
0: GUI buttons. So, I'll, I'll tell you, the Raspberry Pi is like forty bucks. The touchscreen, the seven-inch touchscreen, is like seventy bucks, and the a, a bank of four relays is like six ninety-five. Not $695, $6. <laughs> $6.95 free shipping from Amazon. That's your kind of price. JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. And, uh, <laughs> and, and like I said, it supports two, up to 250 volts at 10 amps. That uh, I, And I have to double check my, I don't think the 44-inch light bar is more than 10 amps. So yeah. uh, that's the only one I have question about. So. You take the relays, you you put them under the under the dash. You keep all the high current stuff under the hood, away from your you know the soft parts of your body, your fingers, your toes, and whatever you know how you drive your jeep is up to you. And uh, then you, you press these buttons on the on the the seven inch touchscreen. And the cool thing is is that you can just swipe to another desktop on that Linux box. And have something else there. You, yeah, you could
3: have you know, know your lock. You could have your lockers panel. You could have your auxiliary yeah. lighting panel. You could have an interior lighting panel. And you, you know, could that do sort of patterns.
0: Stuff. You could do lighting patterns with this thing. Oh,
3: geez. I'm really curious. I was actually thinking about that uh, when you were talking about because you were talking about patterns and stuff like that when this idea oh, did I? first came into your head uh, last week. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it got me thinking because I'm a gear nut too. And I, you know, I think about all this techie weird stuff and, (laughs) and it got me thinking, well, okay, so how fast can they cycle? Could you get into the realm of emergency vehicle lighting patterns and, and, and stuff like that, which are very specific and, and, uh, would probably be highly illegal for you to run on your vehicle, but (laughs) just, you know, curiosity killed the cat sort of thing. I'm just wondering if it can get there. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. What those cycle times are and how how low you can get those because a lot of relays can't get down to you know fractions of a second well,
0: switching. It depends on the relay. You're and I'm sure you're right. familiar with it too. There's electronic uh, relays that are uh, solid state relays. Right, they're all electronic, but solid state and then there's mechanical. Now the ones I'm getting for seven bucks are mechanical, and I from that what I made, read so, they yeah. from what I read they're noisy and and that mechanical portion is going to have. A uh, a finite amount of uh, on-off clicks it can do per second, or mm-hmm. you know per minute, or I don't know per decade. Right. So, but this this is just kind of like uh, getting it into. I mean, if you were doing, I think it would be easily handle a half second. But I'll find out. That's part of it. But you can get the uh, the solid state relays, and then <laughs> you know hyper speed is yeah, possible. Yeah, kind
3: of, like, actually get like strobing effects. That type exactly.
0: Of thing. So, uh, and there shouldn't be any problem with the Raspberry Pi, especially the Raspberry Pi Three. That's a quad core processor, 1.8 megahertz, I believe. So it, the thing is snappy. I mean, running it as a desktop, it it makes a v- great desktop just for email, what, you know, spreadsheets, everything you want to do. I, now, I probably won't be doing that in my on my seven inch uh, touchscreen. But very that's excited about this. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to tell you. So I was also curious about. Uh, an OBD2 uh, screen, you know, another desktop where you can pull up the OBD2 for your vehicle, and it's just a library. All you have to do is download it. It's already available for the uh, for the Raspberry Pi. So, so I'm very curious to see what the, how that would compare to like the Torque app. I don't think it's as fancy. It seems to be very yeah, uh, very cut imagine, and dry. But that yeah, doesn't mean yeah. But that doesn't mean you can't use that information from the library and program your own interface.
3: Right. I was just going to say, and it's still as long as it can provide, you know, all that same data information in real time. If it doesn't look as fancy, hey, at least you still have it.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'm also looking at uh, some uh, accelerometers so that I can even have a <laughs> tilt, a uh, tilt sensor uh, for the Jeep. And it they look, I, a- I pushed seven tenths of a G on my way to work today, <laughs> honey. <laughs> oh i'm sorry folks That's all we have time for tonight thanks for coming see you later (laughs) oh i got a little too excited about that josh yeah
4: (laughs) do not mention raspberry pie anymore does it make you hungry tammy uh actually i'm thinking about raspberry sangrias or raspberry Ah, margaritas (laughs) yeah see i've been trying to lay off on the 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 wine jokes but there you go
3: You got tech questions? Ah, uh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good because I, I It's tech
4: talk with Jeep
3: Talk. Yahoo! Well, since your local Lubin place <laughs> is <laughs> probably serving pumpkin spice oil oh, by shit. now, I would imagine that. Uh, well, it's apropos for us to do a little pumpkin talk. Well, a lot of people call them pumpkins, and although they are round or ovalish, and you generally only want to deal with the stuff inside of them once a year or less, we're not talking about the kind you carve up and stick a candle in. Talking about differentials. A differential is the bulbous thing in the middle of the axles under your Jeep, and unless your Jeep has six wheels or is two-wheel drive, then you have two of them. Each differential is designed to drive a pair of wheels while allowing them to rotate at different speeds, like with what happens when you're going around a tight corner. Now most types of differentials, what what type of differential does your Jeep have? Most base model stock Jeeps are equipped with an open differential front and rear. Obviously, like JKUs that, that have the electric di- uh, differentials and, and stuff like that. That's, you know, comes factory. That's not what I'm talking about here. And you may have heard the term before open open, which refers to both differentials not having a traction device installed, which is fine for, for most and works extremely well until you get stuck because only one wheel on each axle will be spinning. I know, kind of confusing because it says right there, four wheel drive. Well, this is where it would be to, useful to have lockers for your Jeep's differentials. There are also limited slip and spool types of differentials. There's, there's all kinds of types, but we'll get into those later. They each have their own characteristics and benefits, and there's also some downsides to some of these, but we'll address those too here in just a little bit. But first, what is an open differential? Well, open differentials come stock on most Jeeps, and our gearbox is basically designed to allow one wheel to rotate faster or slower than the other when turning. This helps prevent your wheels from hopping when you're going around turns wear out your tires faster and cause you to lose traction in some cases. And How this works is when you are driving normally and you take a turn, your outside wheels will want to turn faster because they have to travel farther than your inside tires. Now, the system works best when both wheels have an even amount of traction and are on even surfaces, which is easy to come by on the nation's well-paved streets, roads, highways, byways, and mall parking lots. However, when you are using your Jeep for its intended purpose and are driving off-road, It is easy for one wheel to have more traction than the other, causing one to spin and the other to act like a limp noodle. Not too good when you're trying to get up a muddy hill and you have a line of other Jeeps behind you. That takes a significant amount of skill, patience, and even luck to navigate difficult, slippery trails with open differentials. It can be done, but there's always an easier way, and generally it involves a lot of skinny pedal and risk to your Jeep's well-being. That's when we start talking about traction devices for the differentials of our off-road rigs. Jeep addresses early and often in their manufacturing, offering a specific type of traction device as a factory or dealership option, and still found in many of the axles of many older Jeeps still on the roads and trails today. It's also the next most common differential found in a lot of Jeeps, and we'll begin our part two in Pumpkin Talk, where we'll cover the different types of traction devices that are out there, what they're called, how they work, the pros and cons of each, and even get into the best way to determine how to pick the right locker or traction device for your Jeep. So be sure to stay right here tuned to the Jeep Talk Show next week in episode 303's Tech Talk. We're going to get into the part two of differentials. And hey Jeepers, let me know if you guys have a tech question you would like answered here on the Jeep Talk Show. Just go to jeeptalkforum.com. Even on your smartphone, it works there too. Shoot me an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com with the subject line Tech Talk.
6: Are you
0: tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the mall. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now you know you're use to
3: them, with them, Super swambers.
0: And if you're tired of all that other stuff
3: uh, and a with the tech and tires and the then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web: the Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more.
4: You guys, you need to give me a beer.
3: Hey, this is Tony, and I'm Tammy, and this is Josh, and you've reached our twenty four seven voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so the beep, leave your message.
4: Hey
6: guys, TJ Tacklebox here again. First off, I want to apologize for that last voicemail. That was horrible. I promise to never call under the influence of narcotic painkillers ever again.
4: Oh, <laughs> but I want to hear it. A
6: quick little story to you. I try to keep it short. Uh, last week went down to Oklahoma and picked up a third jeep and had a pretty cool deal along the way picked up a jeep in Edmond and uh didn't get too far out of Edmond maybe 15 miles jeeps overheating pull over like a taco bueno or something I'm stressed out I'm in the xj my buddy's driving the yj back that we just picked up and I don't even really pay attention to what's going on. I'm getting tools out of the back of the XJ and it's kinda of chaotic and I'm thinking we put the head gasket and not sure what's going on. Previous owner was like, Yeah, I checked all the fluids, things are good. We know we got a three hour drive home. I'm thinking things are on the up and up and anyway, so I'm trying to survey the situation and the damage and next thing I know I got this guy standing to me next to me, a big dude, bearded, beautiful little wife sitting behind him and a kid and Then I realized we're parked right next to this big modded up JK, JKU actually. And, uh, I'm explaining to the guy, you know, well, we might just take it back to Edmond, come back tomorrow with the trailer, blah, blah, blah. Dude's like, Hey, I got a house like two miles away shop. You know, anything you need, you can park it. Anything you need go parts running, whatever, come back and get it in three days. It doesn't matter. So I just thought it was pretty cool, man. Fellow Jeepers out there, dude saw us stranded. He was willing to offer up anything to go park this dilapidated old Jeep next to his house or just whatever to help us out. And you know, that's what makes Jeeping cool man is, is, uh, everybody's always kind of there for one another. Reminds me of my days I was riding old Harley's and it's kind of the same kind of brotherhood. And so I just want to relay that pretty cool little note. Uh, so trevor if you're listening man thanks i'm sure uh uh i don't know if he listens or not we talked about it a little bit but if you're listening trevor man thanks for all the generosity pretty cool and uh you see that more people aren't like that you know but I ended up uh, i hate to admit this it's as painful as it is but it turned out that the jeep was not good on fluids And uh, (laughs) after it cooled off and I got to survey the situation thoroughly in the dark, well later than we intended to already be that far into our journey, it was almost a gallon and a half low on coolant. (laughs) So it's amazing when you put some fluids in a vehicle, how much better it runs. So we topped her off and we ended up making the track home. Anyway, Jeep number three made it home. And the driveway's. Three jeeps deep now, so all is well, and uh, you guys keep it up so long, and thanks for all the fish.
0: <laughs> so maybe nice. I'm just not the, <laughs> the just the, don't have, not a trusting person, but I really thought this was going to end up a different way when he yeah, said that really. he was stranded in my house. The guy said my house is only two down, two miles down the road. I thought yeah, he was going to say wing, 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 I'm wing. locked up in a basement. <laughs>
4: right. Call the police. <laughs> The, national the only card. number I could
3: memorize is the Jeep Talk Show. I know, because
4: we say it over and over again. Nobody I, will
0: ever answer that phone. Oh, uh, big! Don't uh, call it for help. Hats off and big shout out to Trevor for helping out a a Jeep Talk Show listener, and yeah. uh, hopefully you'll become a listener as well.
3: Yeah, I love those uh, those Jeep Brotherhood uh, stories like that. Just love it. It really it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy.
0: <laughs> it, oh, that was this one.
3: That might have been going through the back of his head.
0: No, I don't think it was. well, he's talking. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Run! down, huh? And pick up your pants. You got a pretty (laughs) smile, boy.
5: (laughs) Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Quinn. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Josh, your email was awesome. I really appreciate the advice. And uh, I got a lot more than just exhaust, so. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. But, uh, now my exhaust is getting bumped down way on my list because, uh, gears and lockers are more important. So, well, yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah. And, uh, I'd like to say something about that new format. I like it. It's going, it's going really good. And, uh, um, I hope to hear a lot more podcasts out of you guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night.
0: Bye. Way cool. Wow. Well, I'm glad to help awesome. out, Quinn. Thank Sounds like he's getting nervous. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, thank you very much for the input. Uh, We we change things around. We watch the numbers, and that's usually how we find out if we're being successful or not. So hearing it directly uh, really does mean a lot.
3: Yeah, thanks a lot, Quinn, and uh, glad to help out, man. From around the world.
1: Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. <laughs> it's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
4: Hey, everyone. I'm so excited to announce we have Anthony Schoen, the CEO of Treadwright Tires, joining us tonight. And, um, Anthony, I want to welcome you to the Jeep Talk Show. Um, we're really excited to have you here. Um, so, welcome. And, can you Thank just. Thank you, Sammy.
1: Give-
4: yep. Uh can you just give us a little bit of, you know, who you are and where you're from?
2: Sure. Um uh Anthony Showen, uh again, run and operate Treadwrite tires out of uh Houston, Texas.
4: Okay. So before we get started here, since we're the Jeep Talk Show, um do you drive a Jeep? <laughs> Uh, first question. <laughs> yeah, the
2: obvious question. I do. I have a 2016 Jeep Wrangler. Um, and it is my first Jeep. So this oh, year awesome. has been a lot of fun.
4: Awesome. So what possessed you to get a Jeep? Well, um, I had kind
2: of been a traditional uh bigger SUV driver, but uh down here in Houston with Galveston, the beach, um some of the listeners that might be around Houston, there's a big topless event. And uh we actually sponsored that the last couple of years. Um, you know, down there kind of showing off the product informally. Uh so kind of just going through all that and seeing all the Jeeps and kind of being part of uh, some of the events kind of intrigued me and thought, you know, this might be the best vehicle to uh show off the tread right tires.
4: Oh, of course. I, I wanna officially welcome you to the, the Jeep family and be prepared to be writing lots of checks or using that credit card.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's <laughs> so many goodies out there for the, yeah. uh, for the Jeeps. Uh, uh, the Wranglers, uh, the, the older Cherokees, uh, the TJs, the CJs, all of them. So uh, I had a quick question for you. Uh, uh, this is an, an, a new Jeep. Uh, what kind of tires do you have on it?
2: Um, we put the Axiom, uh, the 265-70-18s on originally and then, of course, as you alluded to, um, after driving around in those for a while, I realized I needed to get a uh, a lift on it, so <laughs> we're working on that now to put uh thirty five twelve and a half twenties on it.
0: so uh would you, would you, do you think that the jeep bug is bitten you? I mean, you haven't had it that long, and you're already modifying it
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah it's actually not just been me but my family uh I've got a thirteen year old daughter who is convinced now that she sees with all the colors, not just you know the lifts and the products but she's convinced me it'll be a great first vehicle for her because uh, oh will. Not only can she deck it out the way she wants because <laughs> she can obviously support uh, Tread Right tires and Dad along the way. So, oh, yeah, absolutely! I, I
0: love that sell. You know, hey Dad, I can support the, the business. Right. You know, <laughs> so yeah, do- I
2: got the whole advertising pitch. They're uh, <laughs> of course they're quick to figure it out. That's for
0: sure. <laughs> so Smart this 10. is now this is a critical thing about Jeep ownership. What color is the Jeep?
2: Um, we have Firecracker Red uh, oh. because of the logos and everything. Tread Right's red, white, and blue. Kind of our all-American theme uh, for U.S. manufacturing. Um, so the first vehicle that we got was firecracker red, also my favorite color. Uh, uh, so yeah. that's the color of my vehicle.
4: There you go, Tammy. I knew we'd yeah, get a red yeah. Jeeper in here sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I have a black Jeep, and Tony Sadly. has like twenty red Jeeps. So
0: and, and Anthony, if you don't know what the sound of a black Jeep is, this is what the sound is. <laughs> both my co-hosts have uh, black jeeps and i have a a bright red xj and a bright red tj so that's that that was the correct answer anthony and uh, we'll tell you later on what you've won
4: yeah
5: (laughs) all right (laughs) perfect
4: so anthony what is what is tread right tires for someone who's never heard of them before how would you yeah tell us what it's all about
2: Um, Sure. Uh, Treadwright is a U.S.-made tire, uh, one of the only ones left in the industry. Um, We manufacture only light truck and SUV tires, and we only manufacture them in all-terrain and mud-terrain sizes and profiles. So we're very specific to the off-road community. Uh, But what makes Treadwright unique is we're also the only company in the U.S that remanufactures or recycles the tires uh, with a process called remolding. So the tires are basically um, taken from recycling centers, which are all premier casings, Toyo, Michelin, Goodyear, kind of the brands that you're familiar with, but then they're remanufactured with uh, uh, premium rubber and technology here in Houston, and then we sell them as a brand new tire.
4: That's awesome.
0: So I so, know that I'm not the only person that's been driving down the highway and seeing tread just strewn across the freeway. Sometimes you even have to dodge the stuff, and it's, it's, it's really big, so it's obviously come off an 18-wheeler, a trailer, or the, the main uh, tractor. I don't know which. Uh, why in the world would I want to put a retread on my Jeep?
2: Well, um you know, the, and I'll actually answer or answer this in two parts, that the stuff that people see on the roads, a little bit of a misconception, there was actually the study uh, nationally by the Department of Transportation, and a majority of the rubber that you actually see on the road is mostly from new tires, believe it or not, um, through standard failures. And it's usually due to low air pressure um, and running the tires with uh, too low of a tread. Mm. Um mm. and that common process is what everybody's familiar with, which is retreading, which is, you know, gluing on a pre-cured or hardened rubber. You know, a lot of folks that they can kind of visualize this, but they take a tread, they cure it, it's hard, they glue it on to the the tire, um, and then they're sold. It's traditional retreading or recapping. Well, tread right tires are actually remolded with pre-cure rubber. So our process at the press area. Looks just like a new tire plant because yes, we start with a recycled casing that's buffed down, but then our rubber is put on or extruded like a soft compound. So each individual tire is molded independently and the curing process actually takes, pr- takes place in the press, similar to the new tire where that curing process is only done one at a time. Uh, uh, similar to why our tires are sold on Amazon and Walmart and uh, different retailers across the country.
0: Wow. So I bet you that's. Now a real if you're
2: in s- Houston, you can come by and just see us and and save twenty five percent because we don't have to ship it out to you. Uh,
0: right.
2: But uh, those that are around the country, um, you know, they're shipped uh, nationally all over through our site. But we also have some pretty good retailers supporting the brand.
0: Whenever the uh, UPS guy shows up there to take the the tires to be shipped, do, do, does he bitch and moan because of the size and everything that he has to carry?
2: Yeah, the uh, thankfully for us, since we you know we move two or three hundred tires a day, and uh, we have actually a trailer, so they get to automate it a little bit. So the driver just comes in and hooks up.
0: Oh, okay, good.
2: uh, Makes it a little (laughs) bit easier for them.
4: So, Anthony, like when I first got my Jeep, I had um, I think it was like thirty threes on it. Now I have thirty fives. Do you have different size tires available?
2: Yeah, we uh we actually make everything from a small F10 pickup um all the way to a 35 12 and 20.
4: And they would fit all different size um wheels. Well, the 20 indicates the the size
0: of the wheel that would be on their right. cami.
4: Yeah. So, right, yeah, so, so like to a be meeting. a little more specific is yeah, we have 35
2: inch tires but you can buy those in a 17-inch wheel rim or an 18-inch or a 20-inch. Okay. And our 33 series, which is what you had, um, we have those in 15, 17, 18, and 20-inch. And we also have them in mud terrains and all terrains. And I know for yes. you know the listeners here, there's a wide variety of folks. Some people like the hump and spend a lot of time off-road, so they're in the mud terrain series. You know, me personally, I'm only on the beaches or put my boat in about 10% of the time. So, um, I tend to run all terrains on mine, but, uh, we make both depending on the application or what people like or drive.
4: Yeah. See right now I'm running 19 inch, um, wheels. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, you so know, that, with that would be
2: the only wheel size we do not have. We're going to have to get you upgraded to a 20.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> of course. Of course, Tammy. Uh, Back to
2: that spending, right?
4: Back to this Jeep plot. Exactly. Exactly. We
2: got to keep growing.
0: Yeah, well, she'll probably be on your site here in the next couple of minutes, uh, I, shopping for tires.
4: And I don't have my credit card. So I don't know
0: if this is still the case, and I may be remembering wrong, but uh, it seems to me that the uh, the BF Goodrich um, uh, Mud Rains, the the first the first gen, I guess you could say the uh, the MTs, uh, or the KMs, I should say. Uh, we everybody calls them KM ones. Of course, they were KMs initially. Had a really nice aggressive tread pattern. And if memory serves, it was similar to the tread pattern that you guys use for your mud terrains. Does that ring a bell at all, what I'm saying here?
2: Yeah, the, you know, on in mud terrains, everything's pretty similar. You know, you have the outer lug range, and then you have usually two inner ribs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a pretty aggressive claw, too, um, that has that particular pattern mm-hmm. versus sort of the flat. Kind of disc, I call them there. I call them hybrid mud terrains nowadays because they're kind of in between. You know, they don't have as much of an open lug setting for you know. I call digging and gravel and
0: exactly
2: uh, mud, but uh, our mud terrains are all very aggressive. Since we're a smaller company, we don't have the ability of a Michelin to make uh, two or three different types of mud terrains and crossovers. So we have a really really aggressive mud terrain. And then uh, with our new Axioms, we have a, kind of a crossover AT that's a little quieter. Uh, still performs very well from an AT standpoint, but it gives you a little bit of smoother ride if you tend to be on the highway a little more.
0: Mud terrains should be able to be heard a good three miles before you get home. They should know where you're coming before, yeah. uh, well before you get there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to talk to a lot of customers. If uh, My customer service teams has asked that question a lot. like, Is this your first set of mud terrains? You know, and if they say yes, they usually talk to them. They said, "Well, there's always a little bit of an aggressive sound with these on the yes, highway." So, yes. uh, you know, most people are aware of that, but we try to let our new customers that we're swapping up just be aware that they're going to have a growler on their hands to a certain extent.
0: Oh man, that's going to save you some calls later, or or they'll give you a call back and say, "Man, you weren't kidding."
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, it costs yeah, money. Yeah, ours are a bit quieter, but you know, if you're if you have an aggressive uh, lug pattern, it it'll make some noise.
0: Yeah, I always tell, like my wife, whenever she says something about her Jeep or about how hard it is to get out in it or out of it, I say, honey, it costs some, cost you something to be one of the cool kids, so there you go. Um, but that was, uh, I noticed that because I've had a set of KMs, and now I have the KM2s, and it, it's exactly what you said, or at least I think the direction you were going, it, it seems to almost be a hybrid between an AT and a mud terrain. It's not really what I would consider to be a mud terrain, uh, with the, the wide open lugs and the aggressive, uh, pattern. And that's one of the things I liked about the, uh, the KMs, but the KMs were hard as hell to stop on a, a slick road. So, and the KM twos are a lot better. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I drive mine on the road too. So my, uh, my, my, uh, Jeep, Jeep Cherokee is a daily drivers as, as well as an off-road warrior. So it has to be, a, Yeah, and that's uh,
2: why the big manufacturers make a couple of different MT models that, you know, they have the, uh, uh, the ability to do that. So you know, every driver has a little bit different, you know, goal and objective. And you know, some of our customers that are farmers and very rural that spend you know ninety percent of their time on gravel, you know, they love the claws. Mm-hmm. You know, they just really a good digging type of tire. Um, you know, some of the people that drive on the the highway like our car dog, which was an older model uh, that we had, just because it's quieter. You know, it has more uh, more lugs touching the surface, but you know, again, personal preference depending on where you drive.
0: Sure. So uh, right now, the largest tire size that you guys make are thirty fives. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's our thirty five series mud train and all train seventeen, eighteen, and twenty inch. Um, we do have a thirty seven, twelve and a half twenty because we've been getting a lot of requests for that. That's coming in January. Okay. Um, but that'll only be in a twenty inch.
0: Okay. So thirty sevens and twenties. Uh, and the twenty-inch wheel. Uh, any plans for anything larger?
2: You know, for us, it uh, we probably won't go bigger than a thirty-seven, and that's just because it's uh, they, we don't see as many of them. Sure. You know, as you guys were alluding to, a lot of people have moved from thirty-threes to thirty-fives, so there's a lot of that out in the uh, the industry for us to go after and and remanufacture. But thirty-seven still haven't hit. Enough of the mainstream, or especially the larger tires, or when you get into forty plus, there just isn't enough of them out there to actually bulk manufacture for customers.
0: Now, uh, about uh, I had made a post on Facebook. Somebody was looking for uh, for tires for their Jeep, and they were uh, having a, a hard time justifying the cost. That, the because it cost upwards of fifteen hundred dollars to get a set si- a set of uh, sizable tires for for your Jeep. And uh, I threw Treadright up there and also took the opportunity to say, hey, and uh, next Thursday we're going to be interviewing uh, Anthony, the president of uh, Treadright Tires. And about 2.5 seconds after I made that post, uh, (laughs) the the president of uh, Westside uh, or West Houston Jeepers uh, contacted me and he wanted to know how one would go about becoming uh, sponsored uh, specifically, I think free tires or tires that are reduced, uh, amount <laughs> for a jeep. <laughs>
2: um, well, we actually do, uh, small sponsorships for local folks that get our brand out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would have, um, him message me. There's only, uh, one Anthony showing on Facebook. I don't know if I want to say that on, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, air <laughs> to <of> this many <laughs> people depending on how many uh, are looking, but you know, I'd have him just message me, you know, we're, we're a small place. And a lot of times, especially with the clubs, if we can get out, um, and get footage and exposure of product and get the message out there, um, we do that because at TreadWright our biggest, um, hurdle is really just awareness. That's why I talk sure. to great folks like you and try to explain what we're doing because, you know, people are going out there and spending four or $500 on mm-hmm. a new set of Toyos, you know, they get into it 2000 plus easy on these build outs. Thirty five twenty mud trains at tread, right. get mailed to your door for $189. Oh wow. So our value proposition is a premium higher. Uh, We get all our rubber from the same suppliers that actually supply the Michelin plant in the Carolinas. We're getting 40 or 50,000 miles on our uh, all terrains. And you don't have to pay that price. You get an American product that performs at a a premium level. um, And for us, it's just getting that message out because a lot of people just don't know it's there. So yeah, have them give me a little hello and we'd be happy to look at it. Um, I'm sure his team and club is down there and go topless, uh, you know, down there on the beach every year, and we could probably do something.
0: Excellent. Well, I'll sure let you yeah. go. That's a much more positive answer than what I expected, yeah. uh, Anthony. I really <laughs> I really thought that you got you would get barraged so much for uh, anything free that uh, that would just be very old to you. So that's great. Well, I'll, I'll let Jack know, and he's probably listening right now. So he's probably uh, yeah, dancing around.
2: Yeah, we have 100 sponsors around the country that do little things for us. Uh, that get it out to their, their communities. And that's how Treadwright's growing right now. You know that, yeah, it helps to have exposure. You know, if you go to Amazon right now and type a 35 times 12 and half 20, we're first page. Excellent. I think we might be the two relevant tire right now. Um, but there's nothing like grassroots clubs saying, Hey, I run these tires and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they're outperforming about? the Michelin that I had on them. They're at least equally and I paid half as much.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people have seen those, seen the BFGs, the the Michelins, the Toyos. They they see them on other people's Jeeps, so it makes them feel comfortable about making that purchase. And even at $189, it's still a sizable purchase. So yeah, anytime that you can get somebody uh, with uh, with the the tread rot tires on there, and they say they love them, and uh, look, they're a lot less, and you know, we, it gives me more money to spend other, other on other Jeep parts. Uh, I say hell yeah. So. Uh, we're uh, we're happy to get that word out. Actually, I had a friend of mine that uh, has uh, helped me do a lot of work on my uh, my Jeep, and he recommended uh, some tread what, tread right tires about uh, two or three years ago. And I flat ass told him why in the world would I want to put retreads on my Jeep. So that was one of the reasons why I had that question for you earlier.
4: Little did you know. Yeah,
0: this is amazing. I mean, it, this is yeah. good. I, I love these uh, interviews, Tammy. We learn so much.
2: Well, I have. Yeah, and then, um, you know, frankly, I wouldn't put a, a mold or a, a pre-cure standard glued tire on my vehicle. You know, I drive my family around. I'm doing, yeah. I shouldn't say me, 70, 75, 80 miles an hour on Jeep sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you wouldn't do that if you didn't know and feel absolutely confident that, you know, we've got a DOT approved tire, our own number. Um, we have ran nationally for years with the product. Um, but mold cure technology is a way to uh, cure the tire uh, during the, the vulcanization process of building it. So it's not glued. It doesn't have that technology in pre-cure. And uh, it's amazing. It's very affordable. We really would like retailers around the country to stop selling the, the cheap imports and use uh, TreadWright Tire as their kind of new entry-level product uh, for customers nationally.
0: Oh, uh, one other quick, I'm sorry, Tammy, to be, uh, uh, jumping yeah, all in, in there, but, yeah. but I want to ask,
5: Go
0: ahead. <laughs> I want to ask this. So, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of us Jeepers will wear the, the hell out of the tires and then we're trying to figure out how to get rid of them. Uh, I would imagine you guys get your, your, um, your blanks or your, whatever you call them from, from, a uh, uh, sourced, but do you, w- would you take them in from individuals or maybe, uh, for a discount for the, the tires or do you do anything like that?
2: Yeah, we, we we don't do a ton of advertising on this, but we have, you know, probably do need to do a better job locally uh, because if it's too far away, it doesn't make any sense to spray them because a the tire, you know, is $25, 30 to Oh, yeah. Get. But if, if folks are in Houston, you know, we'll pay them uh, $5 a casing fee, you know, give them $20 off the order. Plus they get uh, 10 to 15% depending on what we're running and pick up their tires locally. So not only, you know, someone that's got 35, 12 and a half 20s is probably only going to pay in Houston if they came down to the warehouse and picked them up and recycled their tires, maybe
0: $150. So, so you you guys out there and you girls too, I know if you got a set of tires in the backyard that are full of water and uh mosquito larvae and, uh, somebody, this other spouse is saying, When the hell are you going to get rid of those tires? Damn it. And you don't know where to take them. <laughs> Well, check with Right. Maybe they can uh, help you out and uh, give you a little money in the, at the at the same time.
2: Yeah, and it'd be a good excuse to say, hey, I got rid of that, and by the way, I came <laughs> up with these great new tires. Yeah, so, this great deal, um, honey. We will
0: help. Honey, that. it was on sale. Sure. You'll, you'll understand the on sale, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and we do get customers that bring them in and ask, and we inspect them, and as long as they're not, you know, the casing isn't damaged or anything, or they've ran it into the cords, we do it a lot. because. Uh, for us, it's hard to get them in, you know, I mean, we, we have a great supply. We have about 10,000, uh, used tires that well, I wouldn't just call them used, but they're, um, in the recycling process at any given time. But, you know, an extra set here and there makes a big difference.
4: Hey, Anthony, um, I don't know if there would be a difference, but like when I go wheeling, um, at Roush Creek, I air down my tires and that process would be the same with yours. I would assume.
2: Oh, yeah. The, uh, we, one thing that's you know very, very clear is we're not a billion-dollar organization. So I, don't, I believe in Goodyear and Toyo and Michelin and all these companies that they built a great casing. So whatever you've ran, on your if you're a Toyo uh, driver or Michelin driver, um, those are the only casings we use. As a matter of fact, in our 35 series, I would say 80% of everything we get is a Toyo it's just so popular out there. Um, so if you air down your Toyo to, you know, 10 pounds, 15 pounds, I know some guys get a little crazy with that depending on where they're at. Um, our product is made on that same platform. Because okay. the only thing we're doing is basically cleaning off the excess rubber. We add a sidewall layer and a brand new tread to it that's built into the casing. So We don't do anything with the casing, so whatever people have used to driving at Rock Creek or wherever they're at, um, it's business as usual.
0: So, I wanted to circle back to one thing before we wrap it up here. We've already kept you a little longer, but it's such an interesting uh, conversation, learning so much. Um, You did mention this a couple of times, and I just want to make sure we're clear on this. You said that this is the only U.S. tire manufacturer.
2: Um, well, one of the very, very few, there is still a couple out there. Um, I'll give a shout out to, cause I love Mastercraft. Um, you know, they're made in Arkansas, but you know, 98% of the tires that come through, uh, are all basically imported in
0: wow. very, very wow.
2: few U S manufacturing left.
0: I did not know that. So you guys, uh, not only do you get a great price, uh, for a, a, a good quality tire, you're also supporting a U.S. Uh, a business by uh, somebody that manufactures in here, which means jobs. How many people you guys employ out there uh, at, your, at your plant here in Houston?
2: Um, we've got about 50 people on site um, with uh, sales and finance there.
0: Excellent. It's always good to have a, a, local, uh, a local business. So, uh, Anthony, uh, maybe not you personally, but maybe Treadrite, or, or you personally, if you want to, how would people get, con- uh, get in contact with you uh, through the social media or the website type stuff?
2: Well, you know, if you just look up uh, Treadrite on Facebook, uh, chat, or directly through our website, um, which is, uh, you know, www.treadrite.com is the easiest source. And, you know, I mentioned the big retailers. If you're, a, you know, there are some Amazon fans out there that that's how they do all their purchasing. Um, that's great, too. Amazon and Walmart also carry Treadwright, and you can go those avenues online as well.
0: And you guys, if, if I read correctly, you guys actually do uh, tire installations or have a shop where you do tire installations uh, right there at the site, don't you?
2: Um, we actually sell the tires with a retail channel there, but we do not install them. Uh, that is actually going to come online in January.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I thought I'd saw something on the website about that. I was a little surprised uh, to see that. So I'm glad you uh, set me straight on that. Well, uh, Anthony, thank you so much for, for joining us here. Uh, really uh, a big time interview here and, and a great get uh, for us here at the Jeep talk show.
4: Yeah. Thank you, Anthony. Well,
2: Oh, yeah, I appreciate you all having me and uh, welcoming me to the Jeep community, even though my first year. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, I would love to possibly do a follow-up in time with you all, too, and you've got a great show. Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: yeah, Yeah. we would love to have you you back anytime, Uh, and especially if anytime you get something big to to announce, uh, we'd love to uh, help
4: you with that.
2: Okay, you're great. Now, I might have some questions about this Jeep. And i got to make sure my lip goes
0: well.
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah you'll have fair. to keep us posted on how everything goes.
0: Yep, and uh, Tammy wants to know when you want to repaint it black.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that firecracker red. I'm kind of a red guy, so uh, yeah, now, I'm well, with you on that one.
4: You could get your daughter a black one, and then she could highlight oh, it no. with pink or purple highlights. Uh
2: <laughs> Oh, that's probably too close to reality, but uh, we'll yeah. see how it goes.
4: All right. Well, we're uh, we're done with
0: the interview there, Anthony. Thank you so much. Uh, we're still recording, so no cussing and talking bad about yeah. Trump or anything. Um, so <laughs> I, I did have a quick question for you. Uh, I don't mean to put you on a spot. Feel free to say no, but I was wondering if there's a possibility that I could come and have a tour of the place.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, you've got my direct numbers, so yeah, give me a call. We can set something up. We've got uh, kind of an open door policy, so we'd love to have
0: you. Oh, great! I was hoping that'd be the case. Like I like I'd said earlier, uh, I, I know that uh, n- uh, new tires smell great. I can just imagine how the really fresh ones smell.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, it's got that green essence. We'll love to show you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, and oh, yeah. uh, thank you, Anthony. Uh, real quick here, let me get let Josh get in here. Josh, did you have anything that you wanted to ask Anthony about? I know you've been sitting there chomping at the bit.
3: Oh, not really. I mean, I've got you know, question. I could go into questions about you know chemical compounds and, and vulcanization that <laughs> that the, their kedge grip technology. I'm, I'm you know, sorry. How come they're always out of 33, 12, 50, 15s? You we, know, all that sort of stuff that he doesn't
0: want to answer. But. No, no, we're we're not going to get the recipe to the secret sauce, Josh. But no, <laughs> hey, um, in, in all
3: in all reality, Anthony, um, next time you're back in the Northwest, um, you know, uh, shoot us an email, uh, and I'll, I'll respond specifically, and I, I'd like to meet up with you, and maybe uh, take you out for a Northwest beer or. Some Coffee or something like that one of these days. Or
2: you the, know that would be great. It's been a while since I've strolled the McMinimums Pub, but uh, yeah, I would love to get back out there
0: or the traditional yeah. tree hugging. Well, no,
2: oh. <laughs> exactly. Well, who know, But I actually uh, asked my wife to marry me in the barley mill which is down in the Hawthorne oh, area of oh. Portland, but I don't know if you're familiar with that area
3: or not. I, I actually know. I know where that's at, so that's, that's kind of a little hallmark. So right on, man, right on.
0: Yeah, Josh is actually le- legally obligated to stay within 15 miles of his house at all times, so he knows, he knows the area very well. <laughs> all, right, all right, I'll take you up on that. All right, man, I'm sorry. We're keeping you v- really late. Thank you for staying up late with us and uh, uh, doing the show.
2: Okay, thanks for having
4: me. Thanks, Anthony.
3: You bet. Another great interview. I want to give a big thanks again out to Anthony Schoen, uh, CEO of Treadride Tires, for taking the time to do that interview and, and hooking us up with uh, a lot of great information and th- things I didn't even know about how they do their, their manufacturing process. So definitely has a, a, a little bit more respect for the, uh, for the retreads, if you will. So, again, thanks, Tony, or Anthony. Oh, you're,
0: you're welcome, and <laughs> screw you. so uh you know what Uh, after hearing about because you know like i said in the uh, in the interview i retreads why do i want to risk retreads on my jeep i mean i i don't like buying tires as it is because they're so damn expensive uh it's a double-edged sword i love getting tires on the on the jeep or any vehicle for that matter the fancy ones and uh, But if they're going to come apart on you, but after hearing about what uh, Anthony told us, how they're how they're uh, made and how the, uh, the ones that you see the debris on the road are just glued, I'm thinking about getting tread rights the next time, especially I since actually, it's a oh, local I company. Too. I actually
3: thought about tread rights way, way, way back when I when I uh, when I first bought this Cherokee, uh, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, planning my tires and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And in my research, tread right came up and I and I really did a lot of you know research with them and trying to figure out if this was a viable option. And, And at the time, there wasn't as much information out there. We're talking, you know, 10 years ago or so. Um you know, and so there wasn't as much information through the, you know, through the web, through the forums and all that sort of stuff. I'm not saying they didn't have a good reputation back then. It just was there wasn't as much information out there about tread right and what they do and whatnot. Now we got some inside information out there. I've actually wheeled with guys that are running tread right tires, uh, perform (laughs) amazingly well, really. And when they say when they say they got an aggressive mud terrain, yeah, yeah, you guys need to go check out their website. Trust me, the picks are really cool. Uh, it'll definitely have you thinking, you know, maybe having some tread rights in, the, in on the list there as far as uh, tire options go. So don't rule them out.
0: Well, when, you, when you're uh, when you a jeeper and you know somebody that makes tires, I mean, makes tires, that's like having a best friend who's a pimp. I mean, you're going to be going over there early and often,
4: Jeez. man. Yeah, especially if you're lucky you wow. live right next door to them. <laughs>
3: Hit yeah, so Tony, you if you up? if you actually can get um uh, get a little bit of a tour or something, that would be super cool. I would definitely right. love to uh, to hear a little bit more about that. There's there are a few smells. Uh, this might be a guy thing. I don't know, but uh, you kind of brought that up. Yeah, there are a few smells that I just absolutely love in this world. Oh, you're One talking about the tires, cut. not the pimp. One stuff. is fresh cut wood. <laughs> the other is fresh rubber, and uh, there is just nothing like it. <laughs> I I know it's weird. It's weird. I walk into a tire shop and I'm like. <laughs> oh yeah oh that's that's great you know <laughs> so, i know call me weird but it's fresh <laughs> rubber I, I i would be jealous if you got a tour i would say
0: uh go ahead and, and can some of that air and send it up my way yeah fresh freshly cut wood whether it's uh firewood or like a shop where you're building stuff that, that would smell sure. yeah it's yeah. great now i was laughing what you guys couldn't see maybe you could hear tammy was actually uh beating her head on her microphone uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> oh, these are these are the jokes, folks. They don't get any yep. better. <laughs> hey, speaking of jokes, let's uh, see what, what Nikki G has Nikki for today? us. Yeah,
5: from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, Steve Jobs is angry at me and took the speak pipe button away from uh, me on <laughs> Safari. Oh, I'm calling on the phone line. Hope it's the great quality that you come to expect from Nikki G. Phone wise, uh, content wise, it's a toss up. (laughs) Uh, So this week I've been having problems with my seatbelt. Couldn't get it to fasten something in there. So I couldn't figure it out. Just trying and trying to snap my seatbelt together. Couldn't get it. And then it just clicked. Yeah, I know. That's how <laughs> as soon as it's going to get this week.
4: Ooh, wait. Oh, <laughs>
5: remember, if you see a light at the end of the tunnel, you're probably on the wrong tracks. That's an oncoming train. I think I messed that one up too. I gotta quit skipping rehearsals, man. This is Alright. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll get we'll get back on track. Hi, boys and girls. I'll chat you later. You have
0: a good one. Bye. Uh, Nicky G does not disappoint. Oh, or when yeah. he does disappoint, you it's still what? funny. <laughs> it, it, oh, yeah.
4: You know what I wonder? Does he, like, come up with this just at the top of his head? Or does he pre oh, No I'm sure. all?
3: That's No, no, no. It, it's, it's somewhere in between the tinfoil and the top of his head. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly uh-huh. certain there's a small air gap there which contains a whole lot of information. But okay. I'm like,
4: is he sitting at work all day, like, okay, I could say this and then oh I'll say that and then or does he just call and just wing it?
0: Uh three words. Jet fuel fumes.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, Nikki G works uh, at an airport. We're not going to say we which one, or say which, or, one. which uh, or, or you know what he does there, or uh, for which airline, or any of that sort of stuff. But let's just say he's around airplanes and their chemicals. We
0: got, lot. we got you back, Nikki G. We told Hol- Homeland Security to go beat their feet until they got a subpoena. <laughs> oh, speaking of beaten feet, uh, must-have stuff for your
3: jeep. Well, this stuff is uh, maybe a little bit more under your butt than under your feet. But, mm. uh, yeah, we got some stuff here that's uh, a must-have stuff, for, especially you guys out there um, that are non-Wrangler owners. I'm talking to you Grand Cherokee and, and Cherokee owners and uh, uh, maybe even uh, you know some of, the, some of the other guys out there who have, uh, you know, maybe this might even go work out for the Renegade guys. I, I don't know. But this is the Tuffy Security Products. You know that name. You know it's going to be good. It's the Anchor Rail System. And I, I chose the 24-inch Anchor Rail System because – I think that's going to give you the best options, and it certainly uh, would fit more vehicles. Uh, the anchor rail is constructed from high-strength aluminum. The sleek design maintains a small, non-obtrusive profile. That means you can still slide in the luggage or you know, slide in the groceries. It's not big, giant uh, you know, mounting points uh, sticking up in the, in the back of the rig there. The anchor rail is strong enough to secure a variety of items. The anchor rings are easily positioned and extremely strong with an assembly brake strength of 4,000 pounds and a workload limit of over 1,300 pounds. The anchor rail, anchor rings, and mounting hardware kits are all available as a complete per-rail kit or per uh, or, or, or um, you know pairs, or it can be purchased separately even. Perfect for setting up a cargo area in Cherokees, Grand Cherokees, and any other cargo area where there is a need for tie-down locations for gear like coolers, recovery bags, toolboxes, and more. Go check them out over at TuffyProducts.com. We'll have a link uh, to this uh, this product in the show notes for this episode.
0: And uh, remember, we did a uh, interview with uh, with Tuffy. Just do a search at uh, JeepTalkShow dot com, and uh, just do a search for Tuffy, and you can go and listen to that interview and learn more about Tuffy products. And they are very nice. Now, uh, now owned by Bestop, so if it if it's owned by Bestop, you know it's got to be good. Good. So, Josh, what's the difference between a, a head unit and a head work?
3: <laughs> well, one is inside the Jeep, and the other is inside the engine compartment. Uh, and specifically, my head is uh, getting work underway,
4: actually. Oh, good. So you were uh, going to yeah, call could,
0: them and check, and I guess you found out.
4: Yeah. Yep, I, I was thinking you um, meant your head head. Your, no. your brain <laughs> is. <I'm> like, What? <laughs> Getting tonight.
3: the old getting the old uh, noodle there uh, readjusted. Uh, no, actually getting the uh, getting the inline four or inline six uh, four liter head uh, completely redone. They did magnaflux out the the um, the original head on the Jeep and it is good. Uh, so I am very excited about that news. I was hoping that it was going to be good. I did not really want to use a, a head that oh, wasn't yeah. matched to this engine. but no, I know that's you know head. kind of overthinking things. It's a little bit of a, overanalysis. I'm um, the this, same way. I'm the same. But, you know, it's it's just peace of mind, that sort of thing. But anyways, the head is good. They magnifluxed it. Turned out very good. All good pressure on that. They're going to do a full rebuild and, and some of the other stuff we were talking about. Uh, not a full port and polish, but they are going to uh, do some light polishing and and get rid of some uh, some restrictive areas inside the head there that uh, that are known to uh, cause some turbulence and other things in the flow. So um, I, I had told them when I dropped it off, I think just about two months to the day. Well, it's uh, probably two months in a week now. Um, I was like, Hey, I'm in no rush for this. You know, whether you guys take two weeks or two months, I don't need it anytime right away. So, you know, the next time you have an AMC run or another Jeep that comes in or something like that, you know, throw mine in on the list. Well, good thing. I did say that because these guys got swamped the week after, um, I started talking about them on the podcast and they have been inundated with work. And I told them, I was like, Hey, I've got, you know, no, you know, deadline on this, you know, with two weeks or two months, take your time. And uh, and they needed that time, too. So uh, they're going to start work on it um, probably this week or next. I told them, hey, as long as, uh, you know, by the end of the month, that's just fine by me. That would be, you know, three months or so by the time I dropped it off. And, uh, and they were like, oh, no, we'll have it done before that. So I'm expecting to get a call here in the next week or so. Uh, d d Machine has just provided a stellar service for me, and I can't wait to see the work that they've done.
0: That's awesome. So, um, uh, you you talking about the head? And I was going to make a 03, uh, 0331 0331? yeah uh, right. head reference about you know of course it's a it's a, a Jeep head. The thing they're they're huge. They're thick. Of course the Magnaflux is going to be okay. And then I thought about the 0331 that cracks mm-hmm. uh, quite often. Uh, and it reminded me uh, that I found out recently. That the not all 0331 heads are necessarily made the same. You remember that thing I shared with you that I didn't That's realize? Right. That in 2001 they actually corrected the issue with the 30331 head and they marked the head with Tuffy, T U F Y, and it's in between uh, cylinders three and four, <laughs> 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 where it normally cracks if you don't get the reference. Right. So. Right. So if you have a 2001 Jeep Cherokee with the uh, straight six, the uh, the, uh, the 4.0 liter engine, and you're concerned about having uh, the the head potentially crack because you listen to us just bemoan it and you see it on forums as well, uh, you can always maybe you need to change the uh, the uh, the valve cover uh, seal anyway because it's leaking, but you can pop that thing off and look and see if it says Tuffy. So like the second half. Of the models that made in 2001, they had the new head. So uh, you could, you probably could go to a build sheet and see when it was made too and get a rough estimate if you had the the head that shouldn't crack. Hmm. Anyway, just want to throw that out there. It was something new that I found out uh, thanks to a uh, person on Facebook that because uh, I was uh, warning somebody about buying a 2001 uh, Cherokee. Oh. And I, I think they only wanted seventeen thousand dollars for the Cherokee, which was you know <sighs> only two hundred fifty thousand miles and blah 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 blah. <laughs> So, there was more than one reason to warn him away from it. But um, um, the guy came on there and mentioned that. And I thought I just I had never heard that. So good information. Very good.
4: Well, I just want to say two quick things. First of all, I have 17-inch wheels, not 19-inch wheels. <laughs> oh. My bad. Hey, 19 was just on my brain.
0: Oh, did you hear uh, Anthony going, uh, well, yeah, ma'am? Like,
4: uh, they don't make those. Yeah. Um,
0: you're the only one in North America that has a 19-inch yeah. wheel. <laughs> I don't
4: know why I had 19 in my head. But.
0: Oh, like I told you, he was throwing out lots of numbers, and uh, I always get uh, nervous in interviews, even if I don't sound like it. And uh, I think that's sometimes why I get uh, tang-tungled. Uh, tang-tungled, it, yep. It's it is, because it is I'm just trying to you know be so professional and unlike me.
4: Um, and also I know we talk about the Henway joke a lot on the show and everybody who doesn't hasn't heard this episode is probably like what are they talking about I did some research and if you want to go back and listen it's episode 173 and then there's a follow up to the joke on episode 174 of the Jeep talk show
3: nicely done Tammy
0: Yeah, and really the, the Henway joke itself isn't all that funny it's Tammy's reaction that is just priceless mm-hmm. and that 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 bit of uh, vitriol, that bit of venom that she spits out when she realizes that she was the butt of a joke. That's that's my nine year, my nine year old make jokes like that.
4: (laughs) That's that was, that was back when I was still kind of really new to Jeeps. (laughs)
0: All right. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Yeah. Henway joke was so funny. I I just, I felt, I did feel bad. I laughed, but I felt bad. because I was was not trying to set you up. Uh, but but yeah. uh, So, I'm driving home. I'm a good uh, uh, 15 miles away from home today. And, uh, you know, I drive aggressively. I get in the fast lane and there's no reason on god's green earth for you to be in the fast lane and not following the two second rule you need to move your ass up there's no <laughs> gaps in the fast lane damn it that's why people can pull in and i'm get i'm going backwards home as people pull into the that spot that's in front of you i'm literally backing up back going back to work and i don't want to go back to work so <laughs> i'm i'm uh, racing down the inter, uh, interstate 10 70 miles an hour mm-hmm. and i go to hit the brakes and i don't have any Oh no uh, yikes Well are you kidding like none at all I didn't think that I did but what happened was is that the uh the brake booster failed so oh, you still geez. have brakes you just don't have the benefit you don't of have the power assist brake. yeah <laughs> so you gotta really get in on that pedal. <laughs> oh geez
3: man
4: So what do you mean the the um, assist?
0: So uh, back in the old and golden days, uh, they didn't have things like power steering and uh, power brakes. That was something that uh, kind of, I guess it kind of came around in the 70s, late 60s, uh, maybe maybe uh, earlier than that. Um, but uh, so whenever you had to press the brakes, uh, you had, you used leg force. I mean, there was some, some hydraulics, some right. mechanical stuff in there. And actually those brakes would, would work better than the ones with the, the assist uh, when you have uh, power brakes, you're using the power from the engine to help you uh, turn the wheels. Okay. So even when you're sitting still, as long as the engine's running, you can turn those wheels easily because the, the there's a, a piece of equipment there running off right. of uh, the belt uh, from in most cases uh, running off the belt on the uh, the engine that allows you to turn that thing easily. Uh, same thing with the brakes. Um, so and it, it's I think this has always been true. Josh, correct me if uh, if this is wrong. But mm-hmm. if you have a power option, when the power option goes away, it's at least twice as difficult to turn that steering wheel or yeah. or press those brakes because you know the engineers think well it's power assist. We don't have to engineer this thing to be uh, to be run by uh, arm power or leg power. So when I went to hit the brakes, uh, you know you don't have to press on the brakes very hard to make it slow down, and and not even that hard to. lock it up well now i'm pressing as hard as i can on the pedal just to slow down in enough time not to run into the back of somebody geez pucker moment yeah yeah and uh, i actually gave a friend a call and asked him uh because i thought that's what the problem was because i've never had a brake booster fail on me before so i wasn't quite sure the pedal was up up at the top and it was very hard so it wouldn't give and, of course, the braking action wasn't uh, wasn't very good. And I was trying to remember what it's like when you lose um, uh, brake fluid. And it's kind of the opposite. The, the pedal goes real right. far down, but, but, again, it's very hard. You have to apply a lot of force to make it stop. So uh, it was kind of the opposite of that. So uh, I'll need to uh, find me a brake booster this, uh, this weekend and replace it. But uh, it doesn't look like it's a very difficult job
3: no it's gonna be a little bit messy you're gonna have some uh, uh there's gonna be some bolts that are gonna be kind of hard to get to you gonna yeah. want to have a good set of wrenches there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, uh ability to use you know ratchets and i guess if you've got some u-joints in there you could you could but uh yeah not a fun install but you're right it's it's not it's not rocket science it's not something that's going to take you you know all day you know i imagine uh, anywhere from one to three hours you should be able to knock that out tony
0: and I'll say this: um, I looked at the odometer because I was curious because it has never been replaced. This is a uh, I bought this uh, Cherokee brand new, so just over two hundred and thirty thousand miles. Oh my goodness! Before the brake booster went out.
4: Wow, that's a lot of miles. I think
0: so. Uh, that's no, uh, Are
4: you gonna Are to you gonna moon. do an?
0: Are you
3: gonna do an upgrade at all? You're gonna go with a little bit bigger of a booster, uh, maybe get some extra, you know, stopping force out of that, or what? Are, what are you thinking?
0: I, you know, I have not gone that far yet. Uh, I just uh, uh, it happened on the way home today. I thought I remembered something about using a uh, a different booster, maybe from a Grand Cherokee or something. Uh, but it, it isn't something that has ever been uh, ne- a necessity uh, to to really, you know, uh, take that information and and put it in the brain where I could. I access it when someone like this, but now that it is a necessity, uh, maybe I will be looking at something like that. Um, I'll probably, um, uh, probably contact uh, Steve four point three LXJ and see what his recommendations are, because I think he's the one that has mentioned something about uh, upgrading the brake booster. Yeah. So anyway, made it home. Uh, just uh, it was just uh, kind of fun, and actually I'm glad, uh, okay. glad, glad there's no uh, no damage or, or injury or anything, uh, you know, to boot nah no no problem and i felt a lot better after uh, i called my friend and just validated what i thought had happened and it, uh the, the ride home wasn't that bad after that i just made sure i didn't follow very close uh, yeah, i, I made it the s- breaking i yeah. made it the four second rule <laughs> there you go
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah really
0: all right, well, let's get over to some Wheelin' Wear. Do we got Wheelin' Wear tonight, Josh? Yeah, this is where we're going to talk about some events
3: that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. And the event season is kind of starting to taper off a little bit. Probably only got about a month left before uh, things kind of just kind of fall off. Usually November, December, and January are really dead. You got some Christmas stuff coming up here, uh, Christmas tree runs and, and uh, you know, toys for tots and, and, you know, coats for kids and, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, coming up but we also have some events that just happened the big trail hero event was last weekend and uh reaching out to some people trying to get some uh you know some on the seniors reports from what that was like and whatnot if you went love to hear from you call the show um also coming up later this month we have the texas four-wheel drive organization presenting the 2017 fall run happening october 27th through the 29th this is a multi-day run at the barnwell mountain recreation area uh, for more information, just head over to HoustonTX4WD. That's HoustonTexas4WheelDrive.org uh, for check, for more information. They've got a beginner's class on Friday afternoon for the, you know, the entry-level guys. Uh, lots of trail runs for everybody else. Spaghetti dinner Saturday night. This event is going to have all the goods in between to keep every Jeeper plenty happy. Guided trail runs, a huge raffle, and what's sure to be a good time if you're in the Houston, Texas area, then this event is one that you don't want to miss. So check it out. I also have uh, the Moab, Utah Jeep Jamboree coming up October 26th to 28th. That, too, is a multi-day event. And if you've never been a part of a Jeep Jamboree, uh, put that on your bucket list, Jeepers. That is something that you definitely want to be a part of at least once in your life. Amazing experience. Uh, Also, Flatbroken Wheeling is presenting their 17th annual Halloween Poker Run, October 18th at the Browns Camp Off-Road Area in the Tillamook State Forest. For more information on that, head over to flatbroke4x4.com. This is a family-friendly a friendly event. Uh, it gets bigger each and every year, both national and local sponsorship. They've got amazing door prizes, raffle prizes, concessions, and a lot of fun for everybody. If you want to check it out, what it's all about, head over to flatbroke4x4.com. And if you guys know of an off-road event coming up, well, shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? Let us know what you thought and what you saw. Call our 24-7 voicemail line at 530-675-4102. Leave a message, night or
0: day. We'd love to hear from you. Please take a moment to take our survey at jeeptalkshow.com slash survey. And we love hearing from our listeners. We're
3: on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Google+, pretty much anywhere on the web. Just go to your favorite social media spot and search for Jeep Talk Show. You'll find us.
0: Join us on the Jeep Talk Forum. Pictures, stories, more detail, how-to, or ask questions of the host. It's jeeptalkforum.com.
4: And call us anytime. Leave us a voicemail at 530-675-4102. And you may even hear it on the show.
3: Don't forget, we have a free app for your phone or your tablet. Just go to the Apple Store or Google Play and search for Jeep Talk Show.
4: And making a purchase online or even at Amazon? Be sure and go to jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon first.
3: And don't forget to join us next week for our interview with the Iron Man. That's right, Iron Man Andy from IronMan4x4fab.com.
4: Yay, I can't wait. Hey, folks, and if you want to follow me on my Jeep journey, you can join me at www.jeepmama.com.
3: If you'd like to get a voice for your product or your business, by all means, visit me at thevoiceofjosh.com or reach out to me, josh, at thevoiceofjosh.com.
0: And I'll just remind you, uh, when we uh, did an interview with Andy a a few years back, he was uh, saying, you know, you really don't need long arms. You can drop those things down. So we'll we'll see. Uh, we actually heard the same thing from Steve, uh, 4.3 LXJ. So we'll see what he has to say about long arms next week. That's Iron Man Andy at uh, Ironman4x4fab.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until
3: next week, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Friend us on Facebook. Circle us like Vultures on Google+, Plus and above all else. Be sure to tell a friend about the Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out. Let's see if our outdoor recreation and our wheeling destinations in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. Remember to always tread lightly Stand on detonated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you would like to learn more about the tread lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use. Just head over to www.treadlightly.org. Wow.
0: Just like a professional dang deal there. <laughs> we'll see you next week, everybody. Good night.
4: Good night.
3: I created an episode 303 document. So there's already a a show notes for next week, only because I had already written up most of my tech talk. So there is a copy in there uh, if you wanted to get in on it. we
4: We should do that after each
0: show. I think actually Josh made that suggestion to me when it was just him, him and I. Oh. Uh, after the show, why don't you just go ahead and create a document for next week? And I went, okay. Yeah, <laughs> in one ear out the other. <laughs> That's a great idea. Great idea. Yeah, let me
3: add that to the list. It doesn't why well, did not think of that. <laughs>